in prayer this morning. He's a bit tired, I've heard. You've been up late, late last night. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I was, at, I was at my oldest friend's 50th party in London last night. I wasn't going to go because one of the things about uh, being uh, a vicar is that you, Saturday night, you, you often sort of be on your best behavior, go to bed early, so you're fresh for Sunday. But I went, and then I got stuck in London. Um, the trains were down, the taxis were down. But I'm up for it this morning, Lucy. Okay, I'm great. up for He's it. Right. Yeah? Okay, we'll get scorecards out of the end. I only yeah. went to bed at two, hey? All right, let's, let's pray anyway. It can't hurt, can it? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are good, you are here, you are with us. And we pray that uh, you would be speaking through Mike to our hearts and minds that are open to hear what you have to say to us this morning. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, it's been an eventful week. I nearly got killed this week. I don't know whether you've had that. Some of you are looking disappointed I wasn't. I mean, come on, guys, what's your problem? I nearly, I nearly got killed this week. It's a long story. I'm going to keep it short. I'm walking out of my house by the gate, and uh, there's a van. I'm just going, crossing the road, and a car traveling at about uh, 40 miles an hour, way too fast, practically runs me over, honks his I jump out of the way, and I literally uh, would have been dead, but by a whisker. I don't know whether you've had one of those moments. I had a chat with the driver. Didn't go so well, um, let's be honest. Uh, uh, but I did have a conversation with him later on in the day. And he came round, and um, if I can have that first slide up, he came round and said, I'm so sorry, I nearly killed you this afternoon. I could have been done for dangerous driving. I could have been um, put into prison. I want you to have this just as a token of just how sorry I am. I thought, are you being serious? I, just, I didn't say that. I was like, okay, thanks a lot. But it got me thinking, you know, how, how much is a life worth? <laughs> you know, how much, you know, how much is my life worth? Uh, what value do we put on things? And I, I tell you that story because today is Gift Sunday. And I'm going to be talking uh, about money today, giving us all the opportunity to financially contribute to this amazing church we're part of, uh, our vision to love God, love people, make a difference. And I want to, uh, as I begin, just think about a couple of stories. We're continuing with the parables series, a couple of stories that Jesus told about sort of value and trying to weigh up the cost of things. And so... I'm going to jump straight in. I'm reading from Luke 14. I'm going to look at 20, verse 25 to 34. Uh, and actually, just to put these in context, Jesus is, there's a whole lot of crowds following Jesus. And uh, just at verse 25, he, I'll, I'll read this. He says this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. It's Jesus' words. I remember reading them. I'd been a Christian about two or three weeks, thinking, I don't know whether I want to carry on with this Christian thing. This is full on. And uh, actually, you'll be relieved to hear, as I was, Jesus is using a common rabbinic 
teaching method, which is hyperbole. It's exaggeration. He's not actually meaning this, but he's exaggerating this to um, make a point. Uh, what's his point? He's saying to them, look, guys, crowds, if you want to follow me, actually, uh, I'm after your devotion. I'm after your heart. You, you know how much you love your family. You know how much you adore your family. Actually, I want you to love me more than that. Because uh, I want your heart. Uh, you know, I want you to walk with me and follow me. And your heart is the most precious thing you've got. Your soul, your spirit is the most precious thing you've got. And I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It's a great commandment. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but it gets more intense. Jesus goes on to say, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So you know that the cross was, a, it was an instrument of death, and Jesus basically brings this up because he says, you know, I'm not just after your heart and your love and your soul and your mind and your spirit. I am after total commitment, even unto death. And again, I don't know how you feel about this, but this is Jesus speaking. It's quite full on. We often don't talk about these sorts of passages. And uh, that's what he wants uh, as we follow him. And the reality of it is, Christians around the world, since he said these words, have been the most persecuted group uh, in the whole uh, of the religious, different world religions. And since he said these words, 70 million followers of him have chosen to die rather than actually to renounce their faith. And just in the last, I often think, well, maybe martyrs, that was like hundreds of years ago. Just in the last 10 years, just under a million people have chosen to lay down their lives, give up their lives, rather than to um, actually renounce their faith. Just under 900,000 uh, since 2009. So this is quite full on, isn't it? So there's a sense of Jesus seeing the reality of the way ahead, Jesus seeing the reality of following him. And of course, it's not just physical death. There's a sense of death to self as well, isn't there? I don't know about you, but I've followed Jesus for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. There's been a lot of death to self as I've followed him. And in this season, I was thinking about it on the train last night, talking to Omar, the taxi driver, an Uber driver, about Arsenal. But I was also just thinking to myself, um, you know, I feel the Spirit of God calling me to lay down my life again. And do you get that from time to time? Just come back to the basics, lay down your life again. I've been resisting, I'm being honest, it's confession time. I've been resisting for two years, uh, but I feel I'm going to go that way because uh, I know this sounds costly, this sounds full on, but actually there's blessings when we lay our life down. And there's life and life to the full when we lay our life down. And so I'm going to try, if I can, go that way, because I've been having a little bit of a sulk with God for the last couple of years. Do you have a sulk? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, but I'm going to try and just open my hands and just see what happens. So Jesus sort of carries on. They're probably a bit shocked. He carries on, and he tells these two stories. The first is about a tower building a tower, and he says this, suppose one of you, this is the parable, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. When you first sit down, estimate the cost to see if you've enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build, wasn't able to finish it. 
And there's this, lots in the New Testament about running the race, running the prize, uh, finishing the race. And uh, I want to show you a picture of a building in North Korea. And let's be honest, it's not the most attractive building. But actually, the North Korean regime in 1987 began building this building because they wanted to really impress the world and show them that they were just up there with everyone else. And uh, so work started in 1987. Uh, it was going to cost 230 million American dollars, a lot of money. Uh, actually, 750 million dollars was spent. They hadn't counted the cost. And uh, the project was abandoned in 1992, and it's actually uh, never been um, completed. So this is just like a shell, it's an empty building, it's a bit of an embarrassment to them. I don't know why they haven't just knocked it down, quite frankly. But there's this sense of Jesus saying, as you follow me, as you think about your heart, as you think about what this involves, um, count the cost, whatever you do. And you want to finish the race. You, you, you want to finish this. And uh, actually, uh, there is a cost involved. He then tells a second story, the parable of the king going to war, and he says this, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. There's been so many uh, examples in history, haven't there, of, of bullish, possibly overconfident generals who've said, hey, we've got a smaller force, but we'll win. Let's give it a punt. And then lots of people lose their life. Uh, Actually, Jesus is saying, be careful, count the cost. And one of my favorite people in the Bible, bizarrely, is Abigail, I think it was, who, when David is about to go to war, you know, she goes and brokers the peace deal and uh, shows great leadership in that. So what are these two parables about? What do they mean? What, what, what was Jesus meaning there? What he's saying is, you know, I, as you think, crowds, about following me, I'm, I don't want blind, naive commitment. I don't want that. I actually want you to know the cost, and I'm being upfront with you, because there is a cost, and, uh, you know, there are going to be great blessings as you follow me. To be honest, the blessings will outweigh the cost. Have you heard that? The blessings will way, way outweigh the cost. But actually, you know, there is a cost of following me. And, um, you know, you're going to have a difficult times too if you follow me. And you'll have seasons where it's going to be tough. There can be seasons when uh, things don't look so good. Seasons when I might seem a bit confusing to you. Seasons when you'll question your faith. You'll have dry times and all the rest of it. But you know, I just want you to know that's part of the deal. It, 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 you're not signing up to, um, I don't know, going to Disneyland. Uh, you're, you're actually signing up to follow me, the Messiah, the Lord of life. And, and by the way, I'm going to lay down my life too. So I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing. I, I'm laying my, my life too. I'm going ahead of you. And uh, what's good for me is good for you. says these closing comments, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's neither fit for the salt nor for the manure pile. It's thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, 
let them hear. And salt's a theme in the New Testament, isn't it? There's a sense of salt brings preservation to things and holds on to things, guards things that are very, very important in human life and in the kingdom and in how people uh, interact with one another, how people work, worship God. We, we're preservers on one level, but also where salt brings out flavor. You know, I had a meal the other day. I cooked it myself, and I thought, God, I, this needs salt. I, I, I've got to bring out the flavor. And as people of the kingdom, as followers of Jesus, we're called actually to, to be people who bring out the flavor and uh, bring out the flavor of life, the wonder of Jesus, uh, and to bring people um, you know, alive through his power. So this is very countercultural, isn't it? Let's be honest. I don't know how you found the series of the parables, but they're... they're you know, they're, they're not sweet stories. They're inspiring stories. But if you, if you just read them, you don't even have to read them in any great depth. Just read them for what they are. They're, they're, there's a challenge here. And um, Jesus calls us to this life where we find life and life to the full, not necessarily success and success to the full, but life and life to the full. Those two things are very, very different. We'll experience incredible blessing, uh, that war, uh, far outweighs the cost, but there is cost, and you'll have some good times, you'll have some bad times, and you know, um, it's not like, you know, uh, I, I don't have a magic wand, you know, I'm not the jackpot, uh, I'm the Messiah, I'm going to lead you into eternal life, into resurrection life, but it's going to be bumpy, but you will be blessed, you will find life. Uh, and life to the full. Now, that's a different message to what I heard age 22 when I came to faith. What I heard is you've got like a Jesus-shaped hole inside. You, 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 become, you become a Christian, and uh, then, you know, everything's fine. No one actually said that, but that was kind of the implication, and, you know, the addictions will go. They have, if some of mine have gone, uh, and various things will happen, but, you know... Uh, this is a different sort of thing. I don't know how you feel about this. I, hope, uh, I don't know whether you're sitting there feeling, oh my goodness, this is full on, or whether you're sitting there, you know, I absolutely love this. I love this because it's real. And I love it because it's true. And I love it because it handles the grandeur, the beauty, the majesty of human life, but also the brokenness, uh, the realities of, of following Jesus, the confusions, that the struggle, uh, the good times and bad, Jesus is saying, just follow me. You'll be blessed. But it's, this is part of the package. So on Gift Sunday, what is there to say? First, I want to thank you for your incredible generosity. Uh, you give so, in so many different ways, time, energy, but also money. We're talking about money today, so that's what I want to thank you for. And I don't think our wonderful treasurer is here, Neil Clift, but you know, if you see Neil, do thank him, because he does a great job uh, looking at the finances of the church. And also, I think, I don't know whether Nikki's here, Nikki Dorr, Chris Howe, I can see. Uh, this is the finance team. Helen's not here, I don't think, but I uh, can't see Stephen, Raj, and also Andy Bagwell. They've been on the finance committee. They've done an outstanding job, you know. They, they actually, there's a cost to what they do, and they, they do a, an amazing job. So can we give them a big round of applause? <laughs> so, 
So they've put this gift day letter together. Uh, they've made the whole process of giving really easy. I hope you, ever, we, we, we gave out or sent gift day letters to everyone. There's a lot of detail in there that's really worth um, reading if you haven't. But uh, thank you to all uh, of them. Now, we don't talk about money that much as a church. Uh, twice, two Sundays a year, we have a spring gift day and then we have an autumn gift day, which means these days are actually quite important because we don't bang on about it a lot. But uh, because we don't, these days are quite uh, important and significant. We don't receive any external funds. So actually, we fund the church together. And um, just the amazing work of this church, I don't know, just, just hearing Lucy talk about all those things that have been on and all the events coming up, the quiet day, all this sort of stuff. Amazing things happen, uh, and we fund all of that um, together. And we're making great progress just with our, our priorities of building community. We've done all sorts of things since the last gift day. Uh, social nights, all bar one, the long bar. We have, we've had church lunches. We've done a new welcome course. We've got a community lunch going. You know, this is just fantastic progress, actually. And I hope you feel proud of uh, everyone who's been involved in that and just all of the stuff uh, that has been... Um, uh, done in that area. And, so, you know, so many people to me say, gosh, this church is so friendly. Gosh, everyone's so welcoming. Gosh, you know, I'm in a life group or pod group already. It's absolutely fantastic. So, so I hope you feel encouraged about that. Now, um, we've also uh, want to be deepening discipleship. And we've done a lot of work over the last 18 months, actually, on that. And uh, uh, we've done all sorts of things we can celebrate. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're part of a church. Great Sunday teaching, great teaching in pods. Uh, but also, uh, we've, we've boosted ourselves uh, with the great arrival of Lucy. Uh, she's been a great blessing to us, hasn't she? And, um, you know, let's give her a big round of applause. She'll hate that, so let's do that every week, shall we? Um, but we're ta taking risks was our third priority. And, uh, you know, we're wanting to take more and more risks and have this call to take God's sense of to really connect with the marginalized more and more. We've done s soup cafes. There's been a Saturday uh, breakfast club. There's all sorts of things happening. We've got Easter holiday club. We're trying to actually connect with the children in this area um, and uh, put on a great week for them where they can hear about this amazing Jesus. And uh, by the way, that's Easter week, just before Easter. Do come along and help with that. Run that. Uh, lots of people have signed up. We need some more uh, information uh, on the website. And then also we're doing um, some other stuff with the youth in the community, youth in the town, vulnerable people in the town, you know. And uh, we're looking to, to sort of not redevelop, but do stuff down this side to make a sort of youth club and run a youth club in here, starting probably in May time. So, you know, that's something else to really, really celebrate. Improving communication was another thing. We have a new website. We do a lot more on social media. We've got church suite. So I could go on and on and on. I'm just saying we're making good progress is kind of what I'm trying to say. So a few key messages uh, for this Gift Sunday. If you are um, new to the church and you've recently joined, you've been here maybe about three months, I think it takes to decide whether or not this is your church, your church family. Can I encourage you today to think about giving financially? 
and uh, to financially contribute to the work of the church. Uh, it'd be great if you did that. Also, if you've been here for a while and you haven't yet um, actually made financial co contributions, it'd be great if you would consider prayerfully doing that too. And uh, that would really help. Also, it really, uh, if you're a regular giver, and we have many regular givers who are absolutely amazing, uh, we recognize people have different resources, but it doesn't matter. People are generous, and that's something really to celebrate here. Would you prayerfully review uh, your giving and, um, and, you know, uh, just keep going <laughs> with your giving, or maybe increase it? How's that? Uh, that would be fantastic. Now, in the gift day letter, you'll know if you've read it, you may not have read it, but our budget for this year, the PCC have signed off a budget of 843000 because actually running a church like St. Saviour's costs a lot of money. And, uh, you know, we often turn up or forget that, but there's, there's, it, does take, it does cost a lot of money to do all this great stuff in the community or all that sort of stuff. Now, we're... Budgeting an income of 690000 assuming no one-off gifts um, and that kind of thing, we think that's sensible. So we've got, a, we've got to raise about 153000 which um, we're looking to do uh, over the course of this day. And so I wanted you to know that. There's great encouraging stories of what we're doing. And actually what we're wanting to do is just push on in with the vision to um, bless other people in the town, in the country, and beyond. And so I would just ask you, I'm just, this is for your information, there's a lot more detail in the gift day letter. I'd love you to have a crack uh, at that. Now, if you're going to give, uh, at the risk of being, um, going over this, um, can you fill out a pledge form? That's that one, you could do that. It's very, very easy, all the notes are on the back. Could you also do a gift aid declaration? That's a phenomenal bit of paper. You get 25p back in the pound for every pound you give, so just filling that out is rather valuable. And then also, we love you if you do give to give by standing order, which just helps us monitor um, uh, income in a, um, in a good way. And I wanted to say, I don't say this every Gift Sunday, but actually, as a, as a church, we need people to... To, to give at this time. You know, the, the, the truth is the church has got smaller the last few years. We all know that. That means our financial uh, income has got smaller. And, uh, you know, we're probably 200,000 pounds down to what we have been in the past. And so what, we're, we, what we need to do is just try and uh, fund the big family ourselves. And that's true for me, uh, as it is true for uh, everyone else. So I want to close by just saying, how much is a life worth? How much is your relationship with Jesus worth? You know, you'll know I do stuff with the police, and, and they think, and I think, and I'm sure you think, that one life is priceless. Because I often go out with them, and often we end up looking for miss or missing people. And uh, there are about 120,000 people in Guildford, and depending on where you cut the boundary. But, you know, uh, it might be a teenager who's had a bust up with their mum and dad and said, right, I'm out of here, I'm going to go and kill myself. And so the police <laughs> go and look for them. Or there might be some, an elderly person who's got dementia, and uh, they've just got lost, and their children, you know, phone up and say, look, I've lost my mum, she's got dementia. 
And I've never heard the police when I've been out with them go, oh, look, there's 120,000 people in Guildford. Let's not, let's not bother. You know, 199,000 would be fine. They actually swing into action in an amazing way. And we've spent, I spent hours looking for missing people, teenagers uh, at the top of multi-story car parks. I've spent uh, hours looking for people through scrublands. Sometimes they get a helicopter involved. They get lots of in, in, units involved because a life is, is, is priceless. And our life with Jesus is priceless. What we're doing here is priceless. It doesn't look around the room. You often don't think that or remember that. What we're doing as a church is priceless because we're seeing lives transform as people come to faith with Jesus and also transform and uh, we're supporting people as they go and follow Jesus through the journey of life. It's priceless. It's an amazing investment. And so um, I want to just encourage you to be generous and remember that this is ultimately not about money, it's not about cost, it's actually about love, what we do here. God's love, I've spoken about that, I won't repeat that. Our love for one another uh, and actually our love for other people who aren't yet part of our big family. It's about love. Amen. So what we're going to do, I want to give you a few moments in silence to um, prayerfully just do this question to God before God, because actually how much should you give? The, the Old Testament talks about a tithe of 10%. Actually, with people of the Spirit, it might be more than that, it might be less than that. We prayerfully ask God how much he wants us to give, and uh, that's what we do. So I sat there at the 9 o'clock. I said, okay, God, uh, I, Bex and I regularly give, but I said, I could how much do you want? And I felt God's given me a figure for this time. He speaks. And um, so I'm going to give us a time of silence. If anyone wants any forms, by the way, um, or a pen to fill out some of this stuff, we could, do, we could do that in a few moments. And then we're going to take communion together. So a few moments in silence. This is the bit where you can ask God how to respond. And uh, then we will have the opportunity to fill out forms or take communion and we'll come back together. A few moments in silence. <laughs> 